As somebody once said, sweet, sweet, the memories you gave to me. And we hope you can join us today in sharing our sweet memories. Does that make any sense at all? It was really quite beautiful. Take one fresh and tender kiss at a stolen night of bliss. How long am I going to carry on with this? Do the whole song. Welcome to the This Our Johnny Domino podcast. We're on episode 11. Oh my God. They said it wouldn't last. They doubted we had this much material. We've not even started scratching the surface of this amount of material we've got. That's the worrying thing. It is, isn't it? We're here for the long haul. Welcome anyway. The format of the podcast is that I am one of two brothers. I'm Giles. My name is Stephen. Thank you. And a long time ago, we recorded some music. We're talking about the 1990s, mainly. And we were in bands and stuff. And now we are rediscovering our old tapes and shit. And we're going through it. And we're seeing what we think of it, basically, and reacting to it. That's the basic gist of it, right? Yeah, we're uncovering the gold, but also not shying away from the crap. And it's not self-congratulatory, and we are not trying to blow our own trumpet, and we're not, we don't think we're that brilliant. We're just doing it for the lols. I think that's all the disclaimers that we need. That's it. All the disclaimers are gone. Right. This is going to be a weird episode. We've got some really weird songs. Just giving you a warning there. Yeah, but they're quite short. Short, weird songs. First song on the list today, right? right. We are going back to prehistoric times, I believe. Yes, it's pre-birth. This was our first attempt at being in a band and playing music together. I had taken piano lessons and I had a keyboard and I used to sometimes write stupid little songs. I would make things up directly into a tape recorder. And one time you burst in and interrupted me. And then we started recording songs together. And then one Sunday night, our parents were out and our friend James, he was in our house and we said, let's form a band. And this all happened when we were 24 years old, right? Absolutely. Yes as you'll be able to tell from my non-broken voice on the first song. How old were you? How old are you, actually, on this? Right. I think it was 1987, so I'd have been 13, I'd have been 13, 14. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I don't think anything had dropped, and my voice had not broken at this point, so I decided, on this song in particular, I'm going to do the vocals. Oh, I, yeah, okay. I don't remember what this sounds like at all. You really don't? No, I really, I really don't remember what, what this is. This is probably one of my daughter's favourite things I think it's weird. in the world. I think it's a bit weird that you play it to her. It's particularly if you take into account the title and the fact that it was recorded by three teenage boys in 1980, what did you say? Seven, Seven. 1987. Yeah. 
Well, you were probably 16 going on 17. I was still a teenage boy. I was very immature. Yes. <laughs> I think that is proven by this, this song. I've always been very young for my age. Yes. Now, the band's name was, and I don't know how this came around, the band was called The Dirty Shades. Yeah. Weird band name, that is. How did the sh- shades get dirty? That's what I want to know. I don't know. And, you know, surely you could wash them or pick up another pair of shades. Very impractical. It's a terrible idea, putting anything dirty near your eyes. Yeah. This song goes by the title. See, I'm, I'm, I'm regretting choosing this You're song already. I've not even the title. The song is called Hot Sex Mama. Go! Lowest of five. So shit. Come on and have it with me. Have it. You want your baby? Yeah. Come on, keyboard bass you love that keyboard bass how much longer is there of this nearly done It's a face-melting guitar solo. Mm, mm. So obviously that was recorded directly into a microphone on a tape deck. So it was one of those, like a little crappy condenser mic in a in a mono tape recorder. Yeah. Uh, uh, James was on the, in inverted commas, drums, which were probably uh, an ice cream tub, and he was using spoons. wooden spoons to hit. Spoons. Yeah. There might have been an upturned bin like a metal bin on there as well you're playing the guitar i am singing and playing the keyboard bass love the keyboard bass oh yes i mean it's the kind of thing i have i've shared this with friends it it, purely to make them laugh yeah just because my voice is so incredibly high on it is this the first recording that we is this is this interesting because it's the first recording that we ever did do you think that you've got oh oh no Oh, oh no. you've got you've got earlier recordings than this, surely. Yeah, that was the, believe it or not, that was the third Dirty Shade session. Was it? We we've been yeah. practicing that. We've been practicing. This is when we got our chops down, our songwriting chops. Yeah, we did at least two other sessions. We might have even been in another band at the same time. We might have even started being in 
the lovelies. Oh, right, okay. But I don't really want to get bogged down in the rock family tree. I know, but I, I, just a, a little bit of a taster there for people. At some point, you might hear some lovelies. The lovelies. They were relatively successful. <laughs> yeah. More successful than the Dirty Shades. <laughs> the Dirty Shades didn't do anything. You know what I think is amazing when I listen to this, right? Say I was like 16 or something when this was being recorded. Mm. Like, my son is 15, and yeah. he's like a million times better than this. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll hear this and think, what the, what the hell were you playing at? How did you keep going? Just give up then. How and why did you Just keep give going? Up then. My daughter is 12 and she's better than this. Yeah. So, you know, we were late starters in every way, weren't we? Late bloomers, late bloomers. But maybe the fact that we've laid the path for them to follow. Yeah, maybe. That might be why they've taken the baton. Okay a bit further than we ever would have done at that age. Uh, I'd just like to share, this is my daughter's favourite bit of that recording. So that I'm going to keep that in the uh, cart wall. Um, So every now and again, if I feel like you're, you're kind of, you need to come in, I'm going to keep dropping. What what is that you find amusing about that, Steve? (laughs) It's the fact that I said, Giles, in a kind of, yeah, do your solo now. And you look at me and go, what? Okay. (laughs) And that's like the history of our musicianship in, in, in microcosm, because you think I'm always having a go at you about something. Play it one more time. Go. Go. (laughs) Okay. I think we can, I think I like the edit. (laughs) I think we, we, I think the edit's a potential for the best of uh, compilation. What, just that little just bit? Just that section. Yeah, okay. That's just that section. Beautiful. Have you got any other, um, you know, salient points about this recording? Because it is so long ago, I really, I don't know, I'm not sure what I can say about it, really. It's it's just some kids for, uh, messing around, sorry. <laughs> Do you want to say that again? It's just some kids for mucking around. <laughs> It is just some kids mucking around. But look, I I think it's quite entertaining. I'm sure lots of other people have got recordings of this kind of quality. Share them with us. Share them with us. Yes, please. And we'll play them on the podcast. Yeah, this is a safe space. That'll be a good new section. People send us like really bad recordings that they did when they were like children. And juvenile. And we can play them. And and try and analyse them critically. That'd be brilliant. Let's do it. Anyway, what are we going to talk about next? Right. So the next one is actually by Johnny Domino. It's probably from 1995. So let's just think about how far we've come in eight years Ooh. by this point. We're still recording in the same room, my old bedroom. <laughs> in the, Yeah. But we've actually got some bits of a drum kit, which you are playing on this one I've, I've not played this song for a long time yeah uh, it's a song called heading south i don't remember it either okay shall we go yes let's go
I think that's my favourite bit is the fact that your old distortion pedal used to pick up the radio. Yeah. Is that your favourite bit? One of my favourite bits of that recording. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 a, a nice little memory from the recording. Yeah, yeah. Heading south. Heading south. So 1995. Yeah. Kurt Cobain had uh, died the year before. And clearly that was something that was dwelling in, in, in my head when I was writing that song. Mm. I don't think it, the, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know really. It's a long time since I've heard this song. It's kind of, it's kind of a standard Johnny Domino. Like we were talking about last episode, a kind of a acoustic kind of punk kind of thing going on. Yeah. Like trying to do aggressive acoustic and with a bit of distortion you know, it's all right. I guess your toes tapping. I don't know. I, I thought it was all right. What did you think? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it as a song? I enjoyed it. I I like the fact that we recorded the drums and the acoustic guitar at the same time. So it's got a bit of got a bit of verve. It's got a bit of pep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're singing right at the edge of your range. I don't think I could ever repeat that performance. It was really, really high. 
we did another version of the song. Oh, all right, you always contradict me, man. <laughs> and it was not very good. It was the weird thing is, I was listening to a little bit of that version, the second version, um, which I think would have been a year later. And there's no distorted guitar on it. It's all very clean and very precise. It sounds like the bloody Kings of Convenience or, you know, Turing Breaks or something like that. Oh, okay. And I think we slowed the tape down so you could sing it and hit the notes without having to, you know, rupture yourself. remember when Kurt Cobain shot himself? Do you remember like where you were when you heard that? It must have been when I was at university because it was April 1994, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of my friends at university had posters of Kurt looking a bit sad on their walls. And I don't think I was very sympathetic because I was very young and a bit stupid really yeah we were we were at the right age for that stuff though weren't we what for nirvana yeah and all that business yeah i suppose so all that grunge business but the thing is i mean this is something that i heard somebody talking about nirvana on radio four a few years ago i can't remember the name of the person but they were absolutely spot on they said that people talk about nirvana bringing about a revolution in music, but they were kind of the end of a particular movement in music and they'd been following it. And in a way we had, because we were into Pixies and Sonic Youth and, you know, and a few various people we heard, you know, bands like Mudhoney and then Nirvana were kind of more of the same in a way, rather than being anything particularly new to us, but they did it in a, in a, in a unique way. Yeah, but it wasn't necessarily something that was. Oh my god, I've never heard anything like this before. Whereas for a lot of people, it was the first time they'd heard anything like that. Yeah, I think I know what you're saying. It's like it's like that whole. Have you the what's it called? The year punk broke. Yeah, the ninety one, nineteen ninety one, the year punk broke. Yeah, that, I mean that's quite a good documentary of that time, wasn't it? Mm. You know, and I don't know. I mean, I remember being quite upset by the time the last album came out, I'd kind of gone past my like really liking Nirvana phase, mm. but I, I don't know. I thought he was, I thought he was good and it was really sad. Mm. And it was, it was kind of a big thing at the time, wasn't it? Yeah. It would affect me more now, but mm. at the time I was being a bit, bit young and callous and kind of, mm. oh, you guys are bothered about Kurt Cobain, you know, as I say, I think I'd probably be more concerned about it now. Yeah. You went to see them, didn't you? Uh, yeah, no one no one came with me to that gig at, at Rock City. The weirdest thing, because I think you must have been at University in Leeds, and I, I, I was at college, so I went on my own to see Nirvana, yeah. and I bumped into Jim, big Jim Convery, and I ended up giving him a lift home. And I think he'd been to see them on the tour previously. 
I think they played at Rock City, but in the downstairs room, I'm probably completely getting this wrong. They supported Mudhoney in the downstairs room at Rock City or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I saw them. There is a, a great video on YouTube. There was a film crew at Rock City the night that Nirvana played there. And there's a few songs. There's a bit of an interview with Nirvana backstage. And there's lots of Vox Pops from kids who look very Nottingham early 90s alternative scene. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very entertaining. So I'll put that in the show notes and I'll send you a link to it. That's good. That's good. Right. Okay. I, I, I want to move on from that song in a minute, but I just want to give you a little, just a little, little bit of a, a taster. You mentioned Big Jim Combrey. Mm. I'm going to talk, speak in a, in a little bit after the next song. I've got word from Big Jim Combrey. No way. I have some. I have. I have some. I have communication from him. Oh my so, god! So uh, I'll let you know about that after the next song. episodes ago i had a bit of an existential crisis listening to a 
later period Johnny Domino song um, called Dick's Kitchen. So I really wanted to hear a different song from around that sort of period mm. the, to, to make me feel differently about it. And that song called Mex, I think it kind of did the job, actually. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed that. Hmm. It's a good song. Yeah? And we did that as a single, didn't we? And it's not a four-track recording, is it, Steve? No, by that point, we had made the move going, going in an incredibly professional studio sound from not a cassette-based four-track recorder, but a cassette-based eight-track recorder. Yeah, the mind boggles. How did they manage to get eight tracks on one cassette? That's mad. It's nuts, isn't it? But it sounds pretty good. It does. It's, it's all right. Decent recording. It sounds it doesn't sound that different to a four track, does it? Or does it to you? It doesn't to me. There's a bit more bit more space around the individual instruments. Yeah. Like probably the way we would have done it. It's hard to say because this is probably one of the first things we recorded on the eight track. Mm. I think we probably had the bass drum and the snare drum on one track, going through a horror of horrors, a compressor unit. Wow. And because we didn't have one of those until fairly late in the game. Not on Hot Sex Mama. No, no, no. We could have done with that. And then add the probably the, the hats and cymbals on, on a different track. Yeah. We had bass on its own track. Again, everything went through the compressor. It, I probably did the compressor all wrong, but I made it that every single track that we recorded was as loud as it possibly could be without overdriving completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Mark is on a clean guitar sound. I'm on the dirty guitar sound. I play a keyboard track. And then there's probably a track each for both yours and Jim's vocals. There's just a bit more space around everything. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really good bass sound on that. Really good yeah, bass sound. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked the song. It was pretty direct. Mm. And, you know, it was, again, it was one of those songs where, you know, I think I, I basically threw my lyric book at Jim and said, go on, you use some of whatever there is there. So I think it was like an amalgamation type song again of mm. like weird words that we'd had. I think the song was kind of inspired by mm. a gig that we did. Yes. In Leeds. It was our second ever gig. Was it? Yeah. The first gig was in Nottingham, which we'll talk about on another occasion, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but the second gig was in Leeds. It was an arts happening organised by your old university mates, if I remember rightly. Yeah. And we were yeah. playing in a room to basically nobody yeah. and all of the really beautiful people were in the room next door yeah. dancing, dancing to drum and bass. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were. And the place was called the Max Bar, wasn't it? it was but I do have a very strong memory of that, playing our mm. set to a few people. It was a reasonable crowd, but there were definitely more people in the room next door dancing to drum and bass but i can really really remember there being two people in the audience one of them there was were more dick. than two people there was dick who drove us yeah and a man called mick artistic who went on after us yeah mick artistic and he played the spoons while standing on tin foil yeah yeah, so there, were, there, of... were, there were more than just Dick and Mick Artistic in the audience. There, I, I'm not going to let you kind of like paint that 
depressing picture. There were definitely more people than that watching us, but there was definitely an undertone of drum and bass going on through the set, which kind of affected it. And Dick, our faithful friend, obviously, drove us up there in the Land Rover. And uh, and then you got Mick Artistic, who was kind of an astounding guy, really. And I've seen him, actually, I have seen him perform since then. I don't think I ever told you. I've seen yeah. him perform. And I've listened to his music. Mick Artistic is, is on Spotify. Mick Artistic's Ego Trip is on okay. Spotify. And, um, yeah, he's this older guy uh, from Leeds. Mm. He's like a performance artist poet. Yeah. And he's got a very kind of deadpan way of performing but in the gig that that the one we're talking about he he played the spoons but it was he played the spoons specifically standing on some tin foil yeah <laughs> that, was, that was that was a very important point he had to be standing on tin foil the thing i remember as well about mick artistic is that during our set i seem to remember he said some fairly nice things about us to us oh, and nice. He I like him even more. Well, he drew a picture of us, Did but he? he wouldn't. He didn't let us have the picture. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, Mick Artistic. Honestly, I would recommend you check him out on Spotify. There's there's, there's lots and lots and lots of albums there. Mm. They're all like live recordings. But my favourite one, um, I can't remember the name of the album, but there's there is a song he does uh, called Painting which is close to my heart because uh, obviously I'm, I'm of that artistic kind of inclination. Mm. And it, it's, it's the, my favorite song about trying to do a painting because he's obviously knows what he's talking about. Cause he's like, he, he's obviously done a bit of painting himself. Mm. And the song it goes when it starts off like with the line, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like when you're trying to do a painting and it talks about all the frustrations of doing the painting. And then the chorus is a, is, is a literal depictation of of doing a painting the chorus goes squishy 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 dub 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 squishy 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 dub 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 it's brilliant please please listen to it okay these are million listens on spotify it's so good mick artistic he's a hero yeah i saw him at a festival as well mm. years later and, and he was great then he had a band Anyway, this is all just fluff. I want to know what's the contact with Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, uh, I can tell you, I can tell you were like, kind of like really wanting to get onto that. Yeah, you yeah, sort of move short. on, dude. Well, move on, dude. I don't want to talk about Mick Artistic. I want to know go! what Jim's. Go! Right. Okay. So, yeah, he sent me a message on Instagram. He says, I'll, I'll read it if you like, but he says he's, en- he's enjoying the podcast. He says, I'm catching up with the podcast. It's great fun and good to hear you both on good form. And he says, for what it's worth, Monkey Nuts wouldn't be on my JD best of. But judging by the poll on Spotify, it appears the fans disagree. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then he, he puts in a request for a song, which I'm not going to mention on air. Okay. Uh, that, he'd like, that he'd like us to play he thinks it's a good one and Mm -hmm. then i i replied to him and said well you know you could do a bit of a intro to the song if you like and then he 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 says he he might he might do that so we might hear from jim soon on the podcast that'll be good won't it that'll be lovely that'd be really nice so i'm very excited about that he says he's happy to have a go so he's get he might he might join us soon and talk to us about uh, a song excellent 
Big Jim Convery. Can we ask him about his gig jeans, though? I'll leave that to you. There you go. Exciting news. Good. Yes, Mex is. Uh, it's uh, it's a good song. I have very very few memories of us playing it live. Yeah, it's on vinyl, isn't it? I believe it's on heavy heavy vinyl on Reveal Records. It was a split single with our friends MJ Hibbert and the Validators. Now, if you remember, about the time of our second proper album, uh, Players, we did a grueling tour of the East Midlands. Grueling tour. Three dates. No, I think you'll find it's four dates. Okay. Four different cities over four weeks. It's like a gig a week. Absolutely hardcore. You know, tell the kids today they wouldn't believe you. Mm. And playing to various audience sizes anyway stop going you're very obsessed with that yeah we, we played we played to people <laughs> okay that's as good as it gets we don't, played you, you to people you, you don't minimize the amount of people we played to anyway carry on i'm getting cross with you now no don't yeah it's a good split single and it is available through our Bandcamp page, if people did want to hear it. If we had two songs on the single, it was Mex, which you have just heard, and a song called Good Feeling. I listened to that the other day. I really quite like Good Feeling. Oh, we might have it on on the podcast at some point. Cool. Right, okay. So anything, anything else you want to say about Max? No, no. I just remember I was wearing <laughs> a mustard uh, cardigan and grey trousers. When? At the gig, where uh, you? When we played at the Mex Bar in Leeds, where the pictures is it's it's a strong look, and the stage had pillars on it, so Good. we were standing behind a series of pillars, trying to compete with drum and bass. Trying to compete with drum and bass in front of a performance artist. Yes, please. If you've got pictures, can you give them to me so I can put them on the Instagram? Yes. Right. Okay. So. I think we need to decide which song, if any, will be included in our very best of Johnny Domino compilation tape. I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. I think you could definitely include uh, the sliver of uh, Hot Sex Mama, the yes. prehistoric recording from 1980, blah. It's like a wax cylinder, isn't it? But I don't want to listen to the whole thing ever again. But the sliver of me going, what is funny? So we'll keep that. Heading south, a bit underwhelmed, really. I thought it was all right. You know, I think we did better songs. Mm. But it kind of, you know, it was it was all right. It had a bit of a. I like the I like the distorted guitar bit coming in. I thought that was cool. More yes, more like loud that. distorted guitar coming in, please. In yes. future songs, Johnny Domino. Okay. And the last one, Max. I don't know. I, I liked it. I enjoyed the delivery, mm. and I enjoyed the proportion, and I enjoyed the memory of the max bar so that's my one that i'd pick what do you reckon i think i probably agree i really had good memories of recording heading south and i like the distorted guitar bit but i think as a recording it doesn't hold up as well as max no it's just a good recording but again i genuinely it's another classic moment in johnny domino history we had a nice song good and poppy Quite upbeat, didn't play it very often. There you go. 
Learn from us, children. Learn from mm. us. That's why we're doing the podcast. How not to succeed at music. Yes. Um, yeah. I think we're about there, aren't we, Steve? Have you got a new feature? <laughs> Are you asking me if I've got a new feature? Have you got a new feature? <laughs> I've got I've got a, I've got a little section. I've got another section. Excellent. Have you got another section? I don't have a section, no. This is your thing. I'm waiting for the day when you have a new section. Baby, this is all you. This is all you. People want to hear. It doesn't have to be just me. People want to hear what you're going to come up with next. This is what the people want, okay? Okay. This is a section called the best song mentioned in a film but not actually played in that film. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to know what it is? Can you think of any songs which which are mentioned in a film but not actually played in a film? But they they play play an interesting part in the film, but they're not actually played in it. I just want to tell you my favourite thing about these sections is you spring them on me and I have no warning and then you ask me to get involved. I mean, Go on then. Can you think of any songs that are mentioned in films but not actually played in the soundtrack of the film? Off the top of my head, no, no, I can't. No, that's quite. A, uh, you know, I, this is me compensating for the fact that you make me appear like I've got no memory in this podcast, and now I'm. This is my way of getting you back, basically. <laughs> well, well done. Okay, the one that I've discovered this week, right? It's a song that's mentioned in the film Taxi Driver, the classic film Taxi Driver, Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, which I watched the other night. Actually, amazing. Watch yeah, it again obviously. if you haven't if you haven't seen it for a while. Watch it again. It's just such a great film. Yeah, I was just hot take. Taxi Driver is a good film. All right, but you know what? It's a good film. But like, actually sit and watch it. Every single frame is like a freaking painting. It's so good. It's a great right. film. Anyway, in the film, uh, uh, in the section where um, the De Niro's character meets. Um, Sybil Shepherd's character. Yeah. This girl who he gets a bit obsessed with. Yeah. And he, he actually gets her to go on a date with him. Right? Yes. And they sit they're sitting in a in a in a cafe, I think, having a cup of coffee or something, or a cake or whatever. Yes, and he has I remember this. He has a slice of apple pie with a slice of cheese on top. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that bit. I mean, I would automatically that's a red flag for me but then she says to him you make me think of this the song right and she and she talks about this song that he reminds her of this song and the song she talks about is by chris christopherson and it's the pilgrim comma chapter 33 right which i've listened to recently um because it doesn't get played in the film but it's a song the, the chorus goes, and I'll read it to you in a poetic fashion. Uh, he's a poet. He's a picker. He's a prophet. He's a pusher. He's a pilgrim and a preacher and a problem when he's stoned, right? That's the chorus, which I think is amazing. I didn't do it justice, right? But you should listen to that song. It's on the album, The Silver Tongue Devil from 1971, Chris Christopherson. It's called The Pilgrim, Chapter 33. And it's mentioned in that film. And then later on in the film, right, because he's trying to, like, you know, build his relationship with the Sybil Shepherd character, he actually goes to a record shop and buys her the record and gives it her. 
Wowzers. Is that before or after he takes you to the adult cinema? That's before. That's the nice bit where things seem to be going quite well. Yeah, that's the nice bit. Oh. And then at the end, it all works out in the end, though, doesn't it? Does it, though? It kind of does. He becomes a hero, doesn't he? Yeah, but but do you believe that that last scene actually takes place? The last scene when she gets into the car with him? Because I'm not convinced. I'm, it does. I'm, I'm not convinced because the whole thing is he's he comes across as the hero and then he picks her up in the car and he's like the big guy and and you kind of get the impression that she's looking at him with new eyes and then she gets out of the cab and then he looks in the rearview mirror and I think that's him snapping back into reality. I'm not sure. That's the fundamental difference between me and you, Steve, because I like to think that it actually it is her. I personally think it's a fantasy. Anyway, listen to the song. You'll enjoy it. Okay, I will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's the end of my section. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Another section next time, please. Might repeat one. You never know. Don't do that. We're getting a few in the bank now. Never go back. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast, our rambling random podcast with my brother's brain fart sections where he just makes things up at the last minute. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with one other person who you feel would get something out of it. If you are on a platform where it takes reviews, leave us a rating and a review. Let us know that you're out there. Thank you. Can we have it one more time, please? Yeah!